Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining podcasts. Society-13.com. I like to listen. Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live. Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humor at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. I guess I'll hit so, the, yeah, hit the little record button here. Now that oh, we got all the, I will do the same. Now that we have all the business again. out of the way. All the secret stuff that nobody gets oh, to hear about. Secrets. Yeah. So what are you doing with your summer? Uh, it's almost well, over. I'm trying to hit there. I hit record. That's what I'm doing with my summer. <laughs> um, this summer, I have been very diligent on creating good business choices that make good business sense so that I can make money because money means I can move out of my apartment, which I am currently doing, mm -hmm. and live somewhere with less guns on the street because that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. It also yep. means that you can continue to pursue your artwork, and once you get your Patreon page up, then you, know, there. <laughs> you, can, you can get some patrons that'll be happy to sponsor your work. It's true. <laughs> I have um, been creating some content prepping for the Patreon so that, because um, what I'm going to do is, one of the things that I just want to talk about in general is mm. the fact that like art for money. Like whenever I post things about, hey, yay, I can monetize my blog now. I literally get emails from people saying, how, how do I do it? Yeah. I mean, the info's out there, but if you want the information from me, I will happily give it to you. So I have people who want those answers. So I'm making speed draw videos that have me kind of podcasty talking about uh -huh. a specific thing that I'm doing. Um, that way... When I talk about things like, so, social media scheduling, here's what I do that has worked for Twitter. Here's what I have heard works on other things. I will test this out and let you know next time. So you're the experimenter. You're in the lab doing all this stuff. Exactly. So I can save some other people some effort. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Because um, I am kind of See, addicted. And that has value. It definitely does. And then I'm teaching and then it's the artwork that I'm teaching as well as the like horror slash entrepreneur thing because it's it would be specific to our niche, which yes. that is valuable. Yes. So 
that's uh that's my current plan to make Patreon worth something beyond just look at the artwork I made that I do anyway. You, no, nah. nah, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You'll do more artwork. See, that's that the whole thing. Is accurate. Yes. I have now started doing even more artwork because every time I do a book review, I'm going to do fan art of it and then sell the fan art. Nice. <laughs> so that has officially started. I'm two book reviews in with that happening. And of course, you know, the stuff that you've created for the Wicked Library, as, as all artists on the Wicked Library are told, that's your work. Yep. The only start thing we posting ask, that too. <laughs> right. The only thing we ask is that you link back to and mention the episode that you know inspired you to create that artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's the whole thing about the Wicked Library. It's always been about the the creators. It's been about and then initially it was about the writers. You know, it's your work. You take it wherever you want to. We're just trying to introduce an audience to you that you didn't know before and that didn't know your work before. And the same thing with the artists and the composers. And um, this season for the Wicked Library, we're going to have guest narrators, which should be fun. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. How many do you have so far? Four, I think. Four confirmed and a couple others that I'm thinking about doing. So, and I'll tell you who they are because they were in the, the, the newsletter that I did for the Wicked Library last month. Hey. There's a new one coming out soon for this month. Um, so we had uh, Samantha Laba from the Just a Story podcast is going nice. to be one for us. Um, we have Jessica McHugh, who has been a resident author you could say for the wicked library so mm-hmm. she's gonna do one because she's not only a fantastic writer but she's got a great voice and nice. as a lover of story she knows how to narrate a good story uh we're also going to have john grills from the um small town horror podcast and uh i think that amber collins is going to narrate one for us in her own voice which she doesn't get to use with us very often because usually she's Victoria's voice. But uh, folks that have listened to this show will know that she has a very deep voice. Um, not like deep like mine, but you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't, oh, I can't hear you. There's no, there you are. Uh-oh. How about now? You sound very quiet, but I can hear you. Maybe it's louder on your side. This is this is what happens whenever you do a podcast in two states. Sometimes you have audio difficulties. I can see you talking. I can see you talking, but I can't hear you speaking. Mm. Nope, no sound. I wonder should we should we try to disconnect and reconnect and see if we okay. All right, so I'm going to end the call and then I'll get call you right back. about now i can hear you oh yay yeah i don't even remember what we were talking about oh yeah so uh, so yeah so i said amber's gonna narrate a story yeah 
And uh, I think Cindy's going to narrate a story. Thumbs up. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. and now it's frozen. Oh, no, you're there. I'm okay, here. good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, listeners, we're making silly faces and doing silly things. Which Things you can, can see. totally see with your mind's Ooh, eye. That's correct. Dan just grew tentacles from his nose. That's yes. weird. Yes. Like Cthulhu. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, there was a point to all that. I don't remember so what it was, was. but It was announcing the guest uh, narrators to yeah, the Wicked it. Library. That's it. Which is cool. Yeah. So that'll be an, another nice way to help them hopefully get some new listeners for their show and vice versa. You know, it's always that trade. It's one of the nice things that we can do as, as creators is, is share audiences because you're not stealing an audience. You're just basically growing it on both sides, you know? Mm-hmm. The people who listen to The Lift will probably also listen to The Wicked Library. will probably also read books yes. by authors who are yeah. on there. It's the, it's the, it's working the same demographic. So it's just, it's smart, um, content sharing. It's, it's smart audience mm-hmm. sharing and it's, it's something where we can grow a community. And that's one of the coolest things for me is seeing, you know, the artists that have done work for the shows start to interact with the authors and, you know, people are working on projects together now and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's just, it, to me, that's kind of cool. It's like building this community is, is the whole point of it. So, and it's working. There's more of us now. Yes. So, what do we want to talk about tonight? We had a plan here, didn't we? We were going to talk about. We did because I came up against a thing that had me morally torn, and then the way that I dealt with it made me morally proud. Um, <laughs> it's did... reviews. <laughs> so, so do we want to say like, did the person? How were they? How did they receive what you did? Um, good. Yeah, they didn't hate you? Well, they didn't email me back, but they did tweet at me saying that they're now following Clive Barker. Um, which means she found her tribe and that's all that matters to me, actually. Because, okay, so a little backstory, dear listeners. On HorrorMade.com, every week I do a book review of usually an indie published horror book. Yes. Um, and... Most of the time, they are fantastic books. And I'm just like, I am so glad that I review books so that this just landed in my lap and I got to read this because I never would have found it otherwise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the book is not quite something I would enjoy. And what happened with this previous book is it was a zombie apocalypse novel. Okay, I don't generally love those. But I'm always willing to give zombies a chance because some of my favorite books have turned out to be zombie novels, but they always have a nice spin on them where I'm like, all right, that was fantastically written. I enjoyed a zombie novel. I can still say I enjoy zombies. I just don't like Walking Dead zombies, I think is my issue because it just gets very redundant and so popular. You want something new, something different, something that hasn't been done a billion times. A bajillion times. Yeah. So um, this one... I'm just, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Yosemite Rising is the book that I reviewed. Mm -hmm. If you like Splatterpunk, do go read that book. I'll start there. 
I'm not saying it's a bad book. I'm saying I didn't like it personally. <laughs> and that's Which, an important <laughs> distinction whenever you're doing reviews. I mean, yes. because you, you review a book based upon or a movie or anything based upon does it achieve its stated goal? So mm-hmm. if it says that it's a splatterpunk book and you're asked to review it and people know that you're not into that particular genre. Um, it's it's exactly i mean but what i think the problem is with reviews is when people review something and they don't like that genre and they don't take that into account you know like so like you know someone's like oh i hate werewolves and you read a book or read a story or a book about werewolves and you're like well you know it was terrible well why was it terrible because i don't like werewolves like that's just not helpful exactly that doesn't tell me as someone who likes that genre should I read this book? Right? right. Like for me, I've stopped accepting paranormal romance books because they tend to go too heavy into the erotica part and totally forget their plot. And that bothers me. Like, yes, romance is great. Yes, paranormal romance is great. But I have found so few that fit what I like for literature that I just won't accept them anymore because more often than not, it's so heavily focused on the romance and the sex that I'm just like, all right, I'm, I get it. You're hot and heavy. (sighs) How many times do I need to hear about this penetration? Come on. Like (laughs) phrasing. Um, But the thing is like with Yosemite rising in particular, it wasn't, she didn't know that splatterpunk was her genre. And that's one of the things I like doing with reviews is I help the authors figure out where their audience is because I have a pretty good idea of what people like at this point as far as like subgenres and everything. So like she was marketing that book in almost a paranormal romance kind of way. The book cover was all blues. You had a very just delicate hand on this like it was it was very romantic what the book cover was. And the description of it was more like it had more to do with like mysticism and um or derp derp words um like folklore (laughs) and and it it just the way it's being marketed is so much not at all what's in the pages because in the pages it is blood it is gore it is sex it is uh you know urine and whatever else we'll get get into the p all of the p um but i'm I'm looking at the cover right now and it does look rather sultry it looks sultry it looks almost paranormal romance and if you read the description it doesn't talk about the gore it doesn't talk about the graphic violence but that's what people who read that book if they like that they're gonna love it because it's so well written those parts are what that book should be sold for rather than like we'll get you in with this other concept but then surprise so so the author is uh julie dawn right Yep, Julie Dunn. Yeah, she's looking at her website and, mm-hmm. and and the cover, the 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 header image on her website, if that was on the cover of this book, I think that would make a lot of sense. Right. It's so different. And I feel like um she may have changed that. I don't know when she changed that. I won't even say that I I feel like it was after I said a thing. <laughs> um she probably already had that up there. My ego needs to not be so big. <laughs> yeah. But um before, like minutes before I posted the review, because I do a lot of these last minute because reading an entire book a week is actually very difficult. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know why I decided that was going to be my Every schedule. other week, maybe. Yeah. 
Next year, it'll be every other week. There you go. This year, I accepted a book per week for the entire year, so I need to keep up with it until I catch up. Mm. Um, but I did. I sent her an email that said, I just think you need to remarket this book, and then you're going to find that the people who do read this are going to love it because you just don't have the right audience yet. Mm-hmm. And that's happened a few times with the reviews that I do. Like, if I don't... I feel like I help more if I don't love the book, but talk about, you know, like... Just be honest and say, this was what was good. This is what I didn't like. This is why. So I try to be as honest as possible without being an ass about it, <laughs> which is hard. <laughs> it's difficult when, you, when you're when you given something. I think that we all as creators want to love what we're given. We want Absolutely. to give a good review because we know how hard the work is to write a story, to create art, to to get what we have in our heads onto paper and to get it out there. So we have I, I know that I'm always very soft on story because I know how hard it is. I try to find yeah. things to love about it. And it's always a very uncomfortable position when you don't love it. And mm-hmm. and that I think that's what you're talking about, the quandary that you found yourself in because we talked about it and you're like, well, what do I do? Because I don't like this. Yeah, because I don't I don't really like splatterpunk. It's just not a genre that I enjoy. I'm just like, oh, really? Pee again? <sighs> really? So Menstrual of- blood? Uh. <laughs> so there were lots of bodily fluids involved. Oh my god, there's so many bodily fluids. And I just it's just not what makes me get excited. Um but I can recognize that it does for some people and right. that's like I yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like I know how much work goes into anything. I've made so many things and I've made lots of terrible things that I don't even show people because <laughs> you know so, um, so did you read the the review? There's um there's one posted on her website by by someone by the name of Jen from Mom's no. Dirty Little Reads. Okay. I have not read that. So I'll share that one, and you Please can tell do. me whether you think this is accurate. Okay. Okay. I will start by saying zombie books are not my thing. I, I like that first off as a review because I think that you're setting the stage to say, okay, you have to understand this is not my chosen genre, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. Um, a lot of people don't preface by saying stuff like that. Yes. I would never seek out the genre just to, to read just for pleasure. Quite frankly, the concept scares the crap out of me. <clears throat> so I committed to 60 pages just to see if I could handle it. Before I knew it, it was almost one in the morning and I had read 100 pages. I was in and there was no going back. See, so this tells me that this is appealing to somebody. To a particular audience, which is yeah. good, right? Um, so far, I haven't read anything that says, you know, people can't spell, that kind of thing. That's the thing that always nope. turns me off. It is very well edited. Uh, I would have, I would just have to put on my big girl pants and suffer through the heart palpitations. <laughs> I'm going to put my, my, my uh, little, what do you call this thing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Windscreen? Yes. My windscreen on because I Whisker brush. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to Peter Piper pick, pick the peck of pickle peppers to, to people here. <laughs> exactly. Um I would just have to put on my big girl pants and suffer through the heart palpitations. From the anxiety. Uh from the anxiety this book would no doubt give me. I honestly thought for a millisecond about quitting, but my desire to see how it all played out kept me going. 
I would describe this as a coming-of-age story with a long series of zombie speed bumps set in and around Yosemite National Park. From the jump, my heart was pounding with from from the jump. My heart was pounding with the twists, the turns, and the what the fuck moments. Yeah. This book pushed <laughs> the limits in every direction. Just when you think, okay, enough already, the author slams your head against the wall with more. <laughs> I loved that I couldn't re- predict what was going to happen next. Through yes. all of it, Elizabeth, the heroine, is a rock star. You're rooting for her to make all the right decisions and survive. I needed a week to digest it all after I finished the book before I could write about what the heck I read. Overall, I liked the book. I'm glad I was given an opportunity to step outside of my genre comfort zone. Uh, Great premise, great story, strong female lead, good conclusion, though I was left feeling like like there was more of Elizabeth's story to tell. So what do you think of that? So I think they were honest in their reaction of it, actually, because for the right person, that is how that book reads. It is paced very well. There are some really, really ridiculous things with zombies. And I say ridiculous because, I mean, okay, let me, thankfully we don't have any like filters here. There is literally a scene where a zombie munches on a lady because of her menstrual blood. And he's just like, om nom, nom nom. But it's just, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so, that, so that was a little too far for you. It was too far for I, me. But if, if but zombies if were real, point, if yeah, zombies were real, absolutely, that, that would absolutely be something that would. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, it does make sense. And she did put things in there that were just like, it was different. It wasn't your traditional zombie book. Like, it wasn't just, ah, kill all of the zombies. It, what, there was actual struggle. There was like some really interesting use of Yosemite National Park and the surrounding areas, which was cool. There was some cool stuff with the folklore, which I wish had gotten a little bit more attention, Mm -hmm. but you really did. You didn't want to put it down because you're like, wait, how is this going to end? I have no idea. So it is a very well-written book. It's just not my kind of well-written book. So So how did you end up writing your review? So I ended up writing it, saying that <laughs> exactly <laughs> that exactly that <laughs> yeah that it was it was for the right person it would be a great read mm-hmm. uh you found and, and i think that that's fair though because somebody that reads your blog and reads your work and uh, values your opinion you're giving your honest feedback to that audience and saying this is why i didn't like it um which i think is fair i mean it, you have to be able to honestly say what you didn't like about it you know what yeah. i mean um but i think that you're also fair in saying that you can see for the right audience there is some appeal to it and i think that that's what gets missed a lot of times in reviews is people don't they just they just tear it apart to tear it apart yeah and that it's so easy to be like i don't like this let me harp about why i don't like this it's so easy to do that but it's not if you're going to be critical in a constructive way which i feel like if someone hands you their baby you say well the nose is a little crooked but the eyes are beautiful good job you know like (laughs) maybe that's a little harsh um but that's pretty much what it is someone made this thing and they worked really hard on it and then they're sharing it with you and i feel like as a reviewer you're obligated to not not just tear it apart for the sake of writing an article that you think people will read it's 
Total, people totally read those. It's like, oh, let's read how viciously this got torn apart. Oh, drool. Like, ugh, come on, guys. Yeah. Let's be a little bit more highbrow. Now, I do think that one of the things in your review is you did it with a sense of humor, too. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's not like it was it was it wasn't mean. There was some tongue in cheek to it. But um, I, I like that because it shows that you have a sense of humor about things. And, you know, that uh, when you're reading something, it should be entertaining. Right. Even a review. Yeah. Um, and, and one of my my favorite examples of that is just the the, the five words. There was so much pee. <laughs> and then you follow that up with when someone turned into a zombie, they peed. When they went into the woods, they peed. When they found a toilet, they peed. There was a lot of pee in this book. <laughs> I, uh, and that one literally, like, literally, I finished reading that book in the morning before I had to go to work. It was like six in the morning and my husband's also up getting ready for work and this is literally word for word what i said to him I'm like what do i do there was so much pee <laughs> <laughs> he's you know, like write that write that down what you just said because that's hilarious so <laughs> um yeah no and, and i'll tell you from from my perspective one of the things mm-hmm. that I almost kind of find that interesting because not that I'm into, well, hey, whatever. Maybe I am into P. Who knows, right? It's <laughs> my little secret, listeners. Um, but to me, it's interesting that like in in movies, in books, in television, people rarely pee, right? It's true. So, so I feel like she made a point to like add that realistic. Make it realistic. Yeah. So, I mean, to, I don't know. I mean, I haven't read it myself. I might find that interesting just because it would make it more realistic, you know, more yeah. down to earth. And that's one of the things when you're dealing with something that's, you know, fictional, like zombie invasions and, and that type of thing. There has to be a certain element of reality to it. Mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, but I, I, I like the fact that you were able to have a sense of humor about it. And I think that that's. If I was the author, I would appreciate that. You know, it's like (laughs) I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not being mean. I'm just I'm kind of joking with you as the as the writer and saying, hey, you know what? There's a lot of pee in this book. Um, (laughs) And if I'm the writer, I know there's a lot of pee in this book. So (laughs) exactly. So, I mean, I don't think I I don't I hope I wouldn't be offended by that. I don't think I would. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's a it's it's really important when you write something that you know who your audience is, mm-hmm. and I think that it's helpful if you're writing this review and someone's reading it and they're like, "Well, shit, I love Splatterpunk." They're going to pick this book up. They're right? going to pick it up right. exactly, exactly. Um, but you're also they're... telling the people out there that are like, you know, this isn't my thing. That this isn't a book to buy because as a writer, I don't want the wrong audience reading my book. My stories Mm -hmm. aren't for everybody. I want the right audience to listen to it. I want the right audience to read it um, because I want good reviews, right? So Mm -hmm. this type of thing helps the right reader filter through that. Yeah. So like being honest just helps a lot. There was there was another book um, in the past. It was it was a children's book. And it was a really cute story. It was this little ducks on this adventure into a gothic castle. But the problem was, whenever the ducks spoke, they spoke with vernacular, like written out vernacular. And when, like, you know what I mean? Like, what's way to the... I can't even do it. I don't know. I'm just going to make quacky noises. They sounded like Donald Duck. Exactly. But it was written out like that. And when the book was written... Challenging. Yeah. When the book is written for, like... 
beginner readers, like very young readers, mm. they're going to look at that and go, I don't know what language that is. I don't get it. Right. And then be frustrated. Um, so I wrote that in the review. And then the authors actually read that review and they said, we fixed that in book two. Thank you. I was like, I helped. Yeah. Your book's better now. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. So like constructive criticism is valuable and, and, you know, like sending your books out to random bloggers on the internet, if those bloggers are honest, can actually help you in continuing edits and in your next books and things like that. Things like to be aware of. So here's the trick. People mm -hmm. out there that might want to review something on Amazon or uh, write a review for a podcast or whatever. Don't be mean. There's yeah. No, there's no there's enough. There's enough nastiness out there in the world. There's no need for you to be mean. My philosophy and the way that I do things, if I don't like something, I probably am not going to review it. Mm -hmm. You know, why say anything? Um, if I'm specifically asked to review something, that's a completely different story. If somebody sends me something and says, I want your review. Well, that's a little different, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. as podcasters, we all say we'd love your reviews. We only want your reviews if you like our show because you don't have to listen. It's free. It's true. You didn't spend any money getting this podcast unless you bought a phone just to get and listen to the Ninth Story podcast. In which okay. case, that's Jeez. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and if you don't like it, I'm really sorry, but I didn't tell you to go out and buy a phone. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's like... Buy another phone. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You can review Jeanette. Don't review me. One's uh, for Dan's side and one's for mine. Yeah. And then if you really hate my side and then you leave a bad review, I have a strategy to deal with you. It's okay. It'll be fun. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds mysterious and scary. Um, it involves a lot of kitten gifts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, like... It, if I'm asked to review a book that mm -hmm. people are going to have to pay for, I think I have a responsibility to review it, to give my true opinion. And But mm -hmm. there's no need for me to be nasty about it. If I don't like it because I don't like the fact that there's a lot of pee in it, I should either have a sense of humor about it yeah. or just <laughs> say, you know, hey, this is one thing that didn't sit well with me, you know, and, and it's up to you as the audience to decide whether or not that's something that sits well with you and that you might be interested in. Um, but yeah, just don't be mean. That's, that's, all, that's really all it comes down to whenever you're doing a review. First of all, if, you, if you're not, if you're not, if you're getting something for free and um, like this podcast and you don't like it, just don't listen anymore. That's fine. I'm okay with it's that. Okay. Yeah. You won't hurt our feelings. No. Unless no you say mean nasty. things. Yeah. Well, I'll live with that too, but there's no need to be, there's just no need to be mean. There just isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> what else do we want to say about reviews? Um, we could talk about it in the, uh, the business sense if you're interested in that side sure, of it. Sure. Um, being a reviewer is incredibly rewarding because you get sent all of these free things, which is really nice. Yes, you do need to be honest and you do need to actually write those reviews. But can we, can I literally get, can we get free audio equipment somehow, Jeanette? Can we get yes. like free microphones? If we do reviews of microphones, we can get free microphones. I'll, I'll be happy to tell you that uh, I really love my Rode Procaster here. Oh my! 
It's a fantastic <laughs> microphone. So, Rode, why don't you send me uh, some new Rode microphones to check out, and I'll give it a uh, honest and fair review. I'll probably love it because I, I love the Rode podcaster or the the, the Rode Procaster, and uh, I think they make a good, solid, beefy mic here. Uh, <laughs> it really captures my voice. It does. <laughs> He uses it on many podcasts. I do. Um, and audiobook. I, I, that's right. I narrate with it. It's uh, it's a workhorse for me. This show has not been brought to you by Rode Microphones. But I'd like it to be. It could be, Rode, well, if you're listening. If you're listening <laughs> and you want me to review one of your other fantastic microphones that are great for voiceover and uh, podcasting, uh, please, by all means, uh, we'd be happy to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best way to actually start that conversation with, say, a company, for example, is start reviewing things. Post your reviews on Amazon. Post your reviews on a blog, for example. That's how I ended up with an entire year's worth of books that I am now reviewing <laughs> one per week. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm now this just... is interesting to me. So <laughs> the way to become a reviewer is to start being a reviewer. Mm-hmm. And it's then just like being just a writer. The way to, to become a writer is to start writing. The Amazing. way to become an artist is to start creating art. It's wonderful. That, that's crazy how that works, huh? I know. It's weird. It's, it's so simple, but honestly, I never thought about, I mean, I know it about writing, but mm -hmm. I, why didn't I think about that, about reviewing, that I should just be like doing reviews and then people be like, hey, is that, so is that how it worked for you or did you yeah. actually reach out to um, authors and say, hey, here's reviews that I've done? Nope. No? Every single book that's been sent to me has been because someone has reached out to me and oh. said, would you be interested in reviewing my book? I see you do book reviews. And I was always like, yes, I love books. Please send them to me. I'd happily review them. <laughs> so so where I, were you doing these reviews? Just on your, on on your site, on your blog? Yep. And on uh, back when I had Haunting TV as a full-time thing I was doing, I was doing book reviews in video form. But then I realized that's silly. People who read books read so blog posts make a lot more sense for that audience <laughs> yeah i mean i can see where it's like a um a combination thing you know where mm -hmm. if you like horror movies you're probably going to like horror books but yeah that is correct not it does, all the time but it does i mean you're you're you have a better chance let's say um mm -hmm. if if somebody likes horror movies that they're going to also like horror books then if somebody likes horror movies, they're going to like, I don't know, mystery novels. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I What I've discovered through, I, I experiment a lot with social media. Um, that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Woo! You, you have a wealth of information to share I with the audience. I do. Um, so what I found with our haunting TV experiment was the movie reviews did really well. The comic reviews did really well. Why? Because they're very visual mediums that you're reviewing. So people who want a visual medium are going to go to YouTube and watch videos. Whereas my book reviews were doing much better on the blog because they're readers and they want to read and readers read all the time. Yes, there's crossover, but if you want to like target your audience, you need to know where they are and what they like to do. Ah, that's very clever. Yes. <laughs> How long did it take me to figure that out? About two years. <laughs> well, that's all right. Yeah, I figured out eventually. <laughs> we're all learning. See, that's that's the value we're bringing here, Jeanette, mm -hmm. is that you're now saving somebody else two years of their time. 
Exactly. And what is that worth, right? Well, according to my paycheck, <laughs> about $12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. See, the nice thing is, though, is that uh, our listeners, smart listeners that they are, they are, are, are so interested smart. in your artwork. Uh, they're interested in listening to The Lift and The Wicked Library mm-hmm. and all the other fun stuff that we do. So, that's you know, true. that's that's how it works, right? They don't that's have to they don't works. have to send us money directly. Nope. No. No. They can just can... Su- they can support the things that we make that they love. Exactly. Like our good friend Josh Wood who told me he's not a heathen. He's not a heathen. He, he's not a heathen because of course he listens to the Ninth Story podcast. <laughs> he's one of he's one of our supporters on the lift and uh he made a comment about uh Amber and her her laryngitis being neither fantastic or tremendous. And I said, "Well, it's nice to know that you listen to Ninth Story podcast." And he said, "Well, what kind of heathen do you think I am? Of course I listen." Aww, so so that's nice. You know, it's it's those are the little things that as someone who creates something that are are fun and nice sometimes is to to know that somebody's paying attention to what you're saying, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Like I, uh, for a long time just was like, I'm just going to blog, even if no one ever replies, whatever. And just kept going with it. And now I met people like you, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And then people that never comment, never say anything in real life will be like, I liked that post the other day. You read my blog. <laughs> I have a fan. What? Yeah. And you, like, you actually know me, so you didn't have to, like, uh, for some reason, I always imagine the people that actually read the stuff that I write are just strangers from Zimbabwe or something. Strangers in the night, <laughs> exchanging clothing. Na-na-na-na-na. Um, yeah, no, so it's, it's always, it's always nice to know that you're not just shouting into the darkness. It is. That somebody nice. is actually listening. Thank yeah. you for listening, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting the shows. Yay. It makes us happy. It does. It you does. can't see it, but we have big smiles on we our faces do. right now. We do. <laughs> so what else are you reviewing this year? Uh, You're midway through, right? Lot. I'm midway through, and I still have... I actually said I wouldn't take any more until October, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> so does that mean I'm- you're reviewing 52 books this year? Yes, wow. and then some because I actually took a few book blog book tour. I'm going to read more than that because people have sent me other things that just I reviewed anyway. Are you beta reading stuff too? I am. <laughs> what are you beta reading? Uh, Spiders and the Daffodils. Yeah, for one thing. Yes, that is. Um, who wrote? I'm that? trying to get like. What's up? How far am I into it? No, no. Who wrote that? Oh, well, that would be Nelson W. Piles. Who's that? He's a fantastic author. Oh. You should go stuck. Yeah, he's the guy that created the Wicked Library. He is. Yeah. And now it's all mine. It's mine, Bum. mine, mine. That's right. Bum. Bum. Yes. He's like, well, I know you're not going to destroy it, so just go ahead. It's yours now. Is that your official announcement? I guess. I mean, hey I, I'm, guys, wait- guess I'm, what? I'm waiting for, <laughs> I'm waiting for <laughs> Nelson to announce it, but uh, oh. <laughs> you know, for the for the folks that listen to this show, they'll know that... Uh, Nelson is no longer the executive producer of the Wicked Library. He has fully stepped away. He is the creator, and he will occasionally do voice work for me if I need him to. But uh, 
He's other. He has other things brewing and other projects that he's working on, such as spiders and the daffodils. Yes. And and have have you have you how far? So now I'll ask you the question: How far along <laughs> are you? Nowhere so far. Ah. <laughs> I need to take like a full day, sit down with it, read it once through, and then take another full day, sit down with it, read it twice through, and actually write notes. And that'll be happening next month. Yes, actually. I'm actually getting ahead on my books, <laughs> which is good because then I actually have time for In the same the discussion that I had with Nelson whenever he said, you know, you can have the Wicked Library, uh, he mentioned that you were beta reading his book. And he's like, I haven't heard from her, so I don't know if she's actually read it yet. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Nelson, so, Nelson, if you're listening, here you go. Uh, she has go. not had an That's opportunity yet, but there's a very good reason for it. But she does have time set aside for you, I and do. it will happen soon. So I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about all the other stuff you have going on. seasons all in a row six scary seasons for the beast to grow six wicked seasons to keep you up all night six nasty reasons for your wicked delight six wicked seasons that you thought was scary wait till season seven of the wicked library <laughs> September 2016. Visit thewickedlibrary.com. From Society 13, redefining podcasts. <laughs> Everything eventually comes down to a choice. In such a big world, so many choices. Here, in this little lost place, things are simpler. You'll find it because you are meant to. And inside, you'll find my lift and me. I'll take you where you need to go, and then you choose. Once you do, things will get much better. Or much worse. <laughs> Find the lift at victoriouslift.com and also in iTunes at itunes.victoriouslift.com. So what else are you reviewing other than books? Anything else? Oh, I have, um, there is a makeup line that has, um, teaming up with actually. Uh, are you going to be a cover girl? No, but I am going to be an Instagram girl, which I already am. Um, Fantastic. But that one's not official yet. Oh, that one, they sent me some samples and I was like, I just, cause my face hates most makeup legitimately. Mm -hmm. I will wear some and then that's it because my skin just goes. Uh, so they sent me samples and hopefully and and 
it's fantastic. I love their makeup, so I'm going to say yes. I'd like to endorse their product, um, which would be cool. Awesome. Um, other than that, I'm like, this review slash sponsored thing is pretty cool. I started making a list of, like, other things that I need, mm-hmm. like a new tablet, yeah. for example, and then I can, like, reach out to folks and be like, hey, do you have a prototype something that you need a blogger or a YouTuber to talk about for you? Send me a free one and I'll talk about That's it. That's right. <laughs> So I've started coming up with things that I need so I can reach out to those companies and get ah. maybe some things. Um, because because of I, all of our millions of listeners that yes. are going to value your opinion. So tell me, I know that you've been working on trying to get your schedule under control because you have the same problem that I had for a long time of saying yes to everything. Yes. So so what, <laughs> what has worked for you? Because I'll, I'll tell you what's worked for me. So I'm curious what worked oh. for you. What has been working for me has been Google Docs. Yeah? I create a new folder for every project, and then inside of that I have an Excel spreadsheet that has when everything's due, what all of the steps going up to it is, and then I'm actually starting to track my hours for things, which I never did before. Um, So I have like a whole list of art commissions coming up, and they're all in the Google Doc, and then they all link to their own different... um, actual documents that has all of my notes and reference pictures and things. And now I can keep better track of it. I also have, (laughs) sorry, you're about to talk again. No, that's all right. No, let's go, go, Um, go, go. Every morning when I first get up at my 6.30 a.m. call time now, Mm -hmm. um, I have a little yellow pad of paper Ah. that I just write down what my goals for the day are. That one only has one thing on it. Yeah. Is that for tomorrow? That's nine stories bookmark. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. This was uh, today's sound effects for listeners so that you can hear what I see. You can be a part of the discussion. It's like we're all hanging out. there you go. This one was everything from like do laundry to download the next book to actually make the petticoat that I need to teach how to make next month. (laughs) For Petticoat Junction? For Petticoat Junction. Yeah. Um, For... One of my many jobs is I ah, teach sewing. Yes. <laughs> you make an octopi. Make octopi. Yeah. Octoplushies. You should That's sell those. People should be able to buy those from you. I Because should. they're awesome. They're really cute. I may post it and be like, if you want one, let me know. And Pickle. then I'll find a way to sell it to you. <laughs> Pickle. Pickle. Pickle is so cute. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's how I'm keeping track of it is a, what has that allowed you to do? Get more done. Yeah. I've, I have gotten, does it also tell you whenever you have, whenever you have to say no, 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 it's just told me when I have to tell them that I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, as of right now, I, you know what? I am saying no to certain things. Um, And I'm focusing in more on my artwork specifically because I feel like that is a thing that I am actually pretty good at. You are. You're very talented. So I figured if I focus in on at least one thing for the most part, then I will actually improve. And so I've been, instead of doing, (laughs) your eye patch is distracting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He had his, uh, what is that? Windscreen. His windscreen. I am Locutus of Borg. 
<laughs> I totally lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> Um, no, I have not gotten, I've gotten a little bit better about saying no to things that I'm not interested in, um, which is good. I have said no to a couple books already because the year is full. <laughs> I cannot take any more. It's, it's um, hard to say no. And you know, what's, what's harder is. is to say, saying no to things that you want to do. Yes. But unfortunately that has to happen sometimes, sometimes because yes. If you say yes to too many things, you'll start to find that you have no time for yourself, no time for the projects that you want to work on, no time for the projects that you would like to say yes to. You know, you have to be selective. There's only so much time in a day. There's only so much time in a year and there's only so much time in a lifetime. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it all. There is way more content out there. There's way more books out there. There's way more everything out there than you're ever going to be able to consume in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And if you want to focus on what you create in your own art, you have to be able to say no to things. And that is what I have found. That is my big trick is I now say no. And I now say not again, because mm-hmm. I've taken on way too much stuff and I'm 100% interested in doing all of the stuff that I've taken on. So once I get past this drowning that once I, once I get out and once I finish treading water and actually get out of it, I'm going to have to make some, there's certain things that I want to focus on and other things that I would like to focus on. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to say no to things that you mm-hmm. want to do. Um, because That's true. I, you know, sometimes I want to like pet my dog and go for a walk <laughs> and, maybe take care of myself and actually go to the gym and try to lose some weight and all that other stuff, you know, because Mm -hmm. life is just life is choices and life is busy. And unfortunately making those choices is not fun, but I guess it's good. I guess it's good that, you know, you get to the point in your career where people want you to say yes and you are forced to say no. And I get it now. I mean, I totally get it now. Like where, you know, people that have achieved some level of success, why they have to say no, because mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you said yes to everything, you'd never do, you know, like think of, think about, you know, like uh, think about a, a famous musician or a famous writer. I mean, you know, everybody wants to interview you. Everybody wants to talk to you and, and you have to time say no, because mm-hmm. it, otherwise you wouldn't be producing any music. And I mean, yeah. I'm not to that level of success. I'm so happy to do interviews at this point <laughs> when people ask, but there are projects that I have to say no to just because of the time involved. And it's not fair to that person either. Like if I say yes to you and I leave you hanging because I just have so much stuff I'm trying to juggle, it's not fair, you know, and sorry, Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to do Nelson stuff. Oh, I am. Yeah. No, I know what you mean though. Um, yeah, so I mean that's time management is is tough. Yeah, it is. Especially if you have a full-time job and you know, you might want to eat food and stuff like that. That's why we love our supporters so much because you know, that's that's the the goal is to be able to do more of those things that people love that we do make. Mhm. Exactly. Um, I actually, you know what, now that you've been talking about it, it wasn't even in my realm of thought. I have said no to some rather large projects because they just aren't in line with what I want to do. Sorry, my film friends. I'm not coming back for a while. Yeah. 
I'm an I'm an illustrator slash content creator for the internet now. It's officially what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really important that you find what gives you the most joy and what what you really want to focus on. And that's different things for, for everybody. You know, everybody has their joys and, and that's really what life is about is finding that joy and focusing your efforts on it. And there may be things that you kind of like that go along with it or Mm -hmm. things that you, you, but you really have to focus in on the things that are going to be the most beneficial for you in terms of growing your brand and marketing yourself and also what you love. Yeah. And, to, and that's a, that's a, I'm so jealous that you're as young as you are and you have, you have <laughs> learned these things because I, it took me so much longer to get to the point where I am now, where I'm just like, I have to make hard choices. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if I keep, if I keep pushing something aside to work on something else that tells me this it's is what I'm right. actually passionate about, not mm-hmm. this. Right. That's also what I've been Learning. I, I also, I've been listening to the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, highly recommended. Um, and he's gotten to that point in the book where he's talking about the 80, 20 rule, which is 80%, um, of what you do doesn't matter. Like it's not going to give you money. It's just going to give you headaches and 20% will make 80% of your revenue. I'm probably totally mucking that up. But one of the things he says in this section is, Look at your life and see what parts of it are that 20% that are bringing you 80% of your joy. Focus on that. Get rid of the rest. Yeah. What 80% of the things you're doing bring you the most headaches. Get rid of it. You'll suddenly be so much more productive. I'm like, okay, what can I pair out? I did actually drop t- <laughs> to four. So this will be the last show that Jeanette does with me because no. doing the night story is just terrible. It gives no. her headaches. And <laughs> actually, I decided that Dan, you were part of that twenty percent. percent of my joy. So Aww, there you go. <laughs> that's um, that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> you're also that part that is helping me actually stay focused on making a living with this rather than just making stuff, which I'm. Very good at just making lots of stuff. Yes. But stuff with a purpose is different. It's hard because we love what we do. And yeah. and technically you would do it for free anyway. But yep. there's other considerations like eating and paying the electric bill and all this other stuff. So all the things that, you know, I mean, if our job as creators, I think, is to make other people's lives a little better, a little more entertaining, a little more interesting, um, mm-hmm. a little more full of joy. And I think that's worth money. Absolutely. Right. Me reducing your stress and me taking you away from something that uh, is awful or something that you'd rather not do, making your life a little better. I think there's value to that. There so. absolutely is. And we don't want to put a bunch of commercials in our stuff. No. And you don't want to put like, Whenever you're you're doing art, you don't want to like have put a Nike symbol in exactly right. Exactly, (laughs) we don't want to we don't want to muck up the art. So Uh -uh. yeah. Anyway, we're just stubborn artists. Yes, (laughs) I won't sell out entirely. (laughs) I'm gonna hide something in my artwork. It's gonna be something for me. Yeah. I mean, you know what? If Nike did approach me to make a shoe design, I would totally do that. Actually. Or if they wanted to pay you $10,000 to uh, 
put a Nike symbol in one of your pictures. Okay. I'm sure you could you could put it in there in a tasteful oh, way. Oh, I'd be really clever about it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> there are ways to be a clever sellout. That's right. Nike. But that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like there is a way to properly sell out as an artist because if you are making money off of your art, then you are being a successful artist. That's different. I'm I'm really excited that you're starting to do commissions and stuff like that because yeah. I think that's 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 where you need to go with this. Yep. I'm I'm excited and enjoying every moment of wherever I'm going at the moment. It actually feels like I have purpose. Pur- yes. Oh my god, that's the word. I yes. found it. It's purpose. Yes. <laughs> once you once you you hone things down and you start to understand what makes you happy and what mm-hmm. you really want to pursue, um, then you feel direction and purpose. You won't feel scattered anymore. Exactly. And I will also say with having found more purpose, I have gotten more artwork done every week. Mm-hmm. I have started actually recording and editing videos again. And somehow with a part-time job on top of it, I am still getting time with my friends and family on a weekly basis. I don't know how I've managed to balance this out. Apparently getting up early is amazing for me. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, but I've just stopped taking so much time on things because I'm not just kind of stuck in the make a decision mode. It's more like I've made a decision. Let's get it done. Yeah. Next. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing that, that is, that can kill your work is if you have, 20 different things to do and you're mm-hmm. constantly saying which one of these things should I do they're all nagging at you and so therefore nothing gets done because mm-hmm. you can't decide what to just pick something and work on it yeah. um, I recently achieved inbox zero which I was pretty excited about I went through all my emails and I've I responded to pretty much everything the only thing that hasn't been fully responded to is the upcoming season of the Wicked Library have a lot of submissions to go through, and I can't respond to them until I read them. So mm-hmm. August, I'm going to be reading a bunch of Wicked Library stories and deciding what the next season is going to look like. And some of these people sent me stories as long ago as like January. And mm-hmm. um, just because I haven't gotten back to them doesn't mean I don't want their stories. I just have not had time, you know? Yeah. You Means- need some slush readers. I do need some slush readers, hint, hint, slush readers that might be listening, that might want to read some awesome horror stories and say, uh, this one's worth you reading. And this one is awful. Most of what I get is really good. It sometimes becomes a matter of like, what's going to fit into the season and the theme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of content there to go through, which is a good problem to have as a show, to have so much, so many people that want to be on the show that you get a lot of content and you have to make yeah. some, some difficult decisions. But, you know, this is where the whole um, supporting the shows and, and what we're trying to do in, in terms of monetizing the the Wicked Library at some point and the lift is to be able to have money to take more time to work on this stuff because time is the one commodity that they're not, there is no more of. You know, you have yeah. a set amount in a day and if you have other things that are are priorities you have to that are making you money you have to focus your efforts on those mm-hmm. and the things that don't make you any money that you love and want to do necessarily become secondary so there's the the way to get more content is to is to uh 
support that content, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we're on that road. So thank you we'll to everybody. That's <laughs> right. So thanks to everybody who does support. And if you're thinking about supporting the show, hint, hint, it's a good idea. Um, there's, there's lots of stuff out there. Support the stuff you love, whether it's mm-hmm. stuff we make or stuff that other people make. If you love it, if you listen to it, if you want more of it, support it. That's my soapbox for the day. Can I put stickers on your soapbox? You sure can. Oh I'll, my gosh, they're going to put glittery stickers. Of, that's awesome. Like, dead eyeballs all over it. Yeah, you're trying to get me to say that word and I'm not going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was something else I was going to say, but I, I think I think, I think think this is a show. I think so too. We've covered some good ground here. Yeah, we haven't had, we didn't have anybody on the show. It was just me and you, but we're, we're fascinating. We talk a lot. We do. We do. We have lots of knowledge to share with people. So some guys, of it's some of it's useless, you know. Depending well, upon, you know. but you know, it, I'll still share it with you. I will too. That's All right. of the useless. That's right. I'm trying to think of a useless fact right now, <laughs> but my mind is blank. Well, as well it should be at oh, this point. Useless fact. Yeah. Here's one for you. Okay. Every morning on my commute to work, I record an audio journal. Now, yeah. one. Because to practice talking. <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> like, I like, like for talk this podcast. Um, two, because I don't have time to write a journal, but I know journaling's good so that you can actually reflect, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> reflect on what you've been thinking and feeling. What have you been drinking there tonight? Yes. Yeah. Tonight's drink of choice was chocolate milkshake, by <sighs> the way. With no alcohol in it. Nah, I'm not that cool this evening. Um, and Me then, either. I should be drinking. I'd probably be a lot smoother if I was drinking. <laughs> Only if you were drinking something smooth. Yeah, like whiskey. Exactly. Right. But good one. I yeah. don't know what that is. <laughs> There's all kinds of good whiskey out there. There you go. That that there you go, listeners. That's you, you can suggest. You welcome. can suggest what you want us to drink in the next show, and we'll drink it. Hey. <laughs> as long as it's like good. You know, I mean, don't tell me to drink like some sort of off-brand vodka or something like that that tastes like rubbing alcohol because that won't happen. But if you have a, a if you have a good beverage, good whiskey, a good scotch, we'll partake of that. Helps I if you send us a bottle eggs. too. Sorry, I won't drink that. Drink eggs? I'm very allergic to eggs. Well, why? Who drinks eggs except for Rocky? Did you know that eggs are used in a lot of alcohols in their uh, fermenting what, for process? Clari- for, for clarifying and mm-hmm. getting rid of like the the gunk in there? Exactly. Oh. So there are a lot of wines that I and stouts. There are a lot of stouts that I can't drink, which is very sad. Because <sighs> I like the Guinness. Yeah. I don't like lot. the Guinness. I like the Guinness. The Guinness does not like me. It does not agree with me. It doesn't agree with me either. It makes my face go <laughs> and then yeah. breathing gets really hard and I go, Hey guys. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Breathe breathing just, breathing's useful. I heard Guinness. Yeah, bad idea. That's pumpkin face. In case you're trying to imagine (laughs) (laughs) what happens, put a pumpkin on my shoulders, and that is about correct. (laughs) All right. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Okay, bye, guys.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.